0: 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 actions is brought to you by 2 Summit Up. Expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office, or whilst out and about. For more information, visit 2summitup.co.uk forward slash 10 actions. You're listening to Go Fish exclusively on the Pod Station.
1: Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of the Go Fish Marketing Podcast, where each week we take a topic, we deep delve, and hope to give you some tips and some tricks that might help make the most of your marketing budget. My name is Mark Pollard. My business is Funky Vibes Marketing. I am joined by just one co-host. The other one has, uh, I don't know, hair washing. Uh, appointment at the last minute <laughs> uh, as you can tell from the laugh it's not elaine who's <laughs> <It's not laughs> well, got <then>. the <laughs> hair washing opportunity um it's chris who won't be joining us but uh it's just me and you to late uh, today elaine Tim, from to sum it up how are we doing
2: i'm good actually yeah really good i'm having a bit of a declutter in my life at the moment so it's all actually feels quite positive in that respect <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's a nice uh, little link there, which you've created by mentioning the fact that you're decluttering and selling things online, as you were telling me before we started <laughs> recording. Um, because, of course, the topic we're going to be covering today is what?
2: Knowing your nose.
1: Knowing your nose. So knowing why people don't buy stuff. So when Elaine is trying to sell them a holy moth eaten couch online, she needs to understand... <laughs> Why people might not want that holy mothy couch.
2: I know, I know. I just, who would believe it? Who would believe it? <laughs> of course,
1: she doesn't have a moth-eating couch. She's far too classy for that. It was just <laughs> an example, people. Um, uh, some quick housekeeping before we crack on. If you've not listened to the show before, then you can check out a host of other ones. I think there's 33 other episodes that we've done thus far. Yeah. You can find it on thepodstation.co.uk. Uh, go to the Go Fish Tab, and you'll find them all there. You can find us on uh, social media or on Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Give us a follow, throw your comments on there. We would love to hear from you. If you've got any suggestions for topics, that's always good to know. If you want to email, because that's the more traditional form that you prefer, go fish at the podstation.co.uk. Drop us a line there. Certainly, if you've got any questions, because sometimes we have to cover a topic in a, a more cursory style, because just time would be here till christmas although ironically we're not far from christmas now so (laughs) perhaps that's not the best analogy um so if we don't cover everything and there's an outstanding question you'd like us to resolve then you can just drop us a line there as well um if you enjoy the show Give us some five-star reviews on whichever platform you use because that's always nice to get your feedback. It helps other people find the show, which is good because they might then benefit from hopefully the tips that you're listening to and hopefully you're benefiting from as well. Uh, finally, if you subscribe, then whenever we drop the latest episode and we do so weekly, then it will automatically fall onto your device Um, like magic and you can just listen to it it's as easy as that so elaine we normally do a bit of a news section beforehand quite frankly there has been no news of any description for the last eight months that extends beyond this bloody pandemic Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there is been I suppose a little bit of news because of course the American election has happened so it looks like there may or may not subject to what the hell might happen uh, a new president uh, in place I suppose from a, a news perspective as well uh, just a couple of days ago it seems that there may be on the horizon although uh, Boris Johnson proceeded to give one of the, the most convoluted analogies I've ever heard uh, then supported by the guy from the NHS who also went on a long uh, meandering analogy, I think using trains, I think I've been on longer train journeys than uh, <laughs> his analogy, uh, about the fact that this vaccine might be like far in the distance on the horizon, but mm-hmm. is potentially there. Um, and I guess I suppose we're mentioning this just purely because it might, it, there does seems to be an optimism that by spring, it might have been out and about and we might have all been able to benefit from it, which hopefully gives some people sitting the likes of the travel industry a little bit more certainty so that they can plan what they need to do to, to get more work and, and and engage with their customers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's face it. Any positivity at the moment is, is not a bad thing and you you can sort of get where they're coming from uh, Boris and, uh, the other guys there that if if they said, oh, it's coming and they don't want people to completely relax and think, oh, well, it's OK, we can just we don't need to worry about these rules there we can just, you know, the vaccines on its way so you can understand uh, they, they don't want to be overly optimistic at this stage and just a bit uh, more cautious around it but you know from the point of view we needed a bit of positivity didn't we uh what you know that's us as business owners and us as human beings you know we're, we're wired to have something to look forward to aren't we and have something positive on the horizon so so yeah i'm, I'm taking it as it is not um not feeling like my life's going to change today because of it but actually uh it's it's a positive thing in the future Fingers
1: crossed. Fingers crossed. And I suppose the relevance of the uh, American election is that it's worth keeping an eye on how the uh, American economy responds to that change. Yeah. Quite often the markets take a bit of a an up a a, a upturn when there is a a new president in the wings because of course people like change sometimes it's exciting what's going to happen etc etc so whatever your political beliefs there is a possibility that there might be opportunities there people might want to start splashing a bit of cash to do uh, Mm. things to buy things to to move those projects on that perhaps they've held back on whilst there was again a bit of uncertainty over who might be in charge in in a few months' time, uh, so that's always quite useful, don't you think?
2: It is useful, and and also I think you know this election proves more than ever that statistically. You know, there's all been all sorts of numbers thrown around prior to the election result, and it just goes to show, doesn't it? You just do not know what people are thinking. You know, somebody's or a lot of people who know what they're doing, you know, come up with all these numbers and actually, you know, they didn't predict it to be as it was. But I think putting that into the business world, if we all sat and listened to a few people's opinion or their thoughts on that, it could stop us doing a lot of things actually that may be damaging our business. And we're only basing it on the views of people, of, of certain people so I think that's something I take from it. You know, they're not always right these these people, and they're not always right because maybe they're either not right, right like asking the right people, or you know whatever they've they based they based it on. So my sort of philosophy is is sometimes your your own gut is is gives you more of a a, um, a guide than perhaps the, some of the information out there. That was very profound, wasn't it?
1: Well, it was. No, it's quite true. A lot of the reasons why it seems that that some of these polls are so off is because quite often the answer that's kind of hidden in the wings is because people don't want to share their opinions. So in the case of Donald Trump a lot of people didn't want to publicly say that they were going to vote for Trump even though they were going to do it and i suppose that kind of falls into the brexit and indeed the last general election mm-hmm. where yeah. where the polls got it relatively wrong by virtue of the fact that that as they were asking these people people don't want to answer those questions anymore because we're we're a lot more cautious about who we tell what to Mm. and how that will then be used and 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 so you've you've always got to take information with a pinch of salt and ultimately you've got to make the assessment yourself what's best for you what's best for your business and 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 sort of just have a little bit of a um a belief that you know your business best and hopefully your judgment call will be more likely the right one having digested that information and perhaps put a little bit of context behind it
2: yeah and you know reality is is when we're running a business isn't it is that we are the people that are important to us this is in business are the people that we can help and who are our, you know, potential clients? So we need to know what they're thinking. That's and understand them. What their worries are. What is is it that we can help them with? So that's the world we need to connect with. Actually, the views of a lot of people outside of that may yes they're important to those people but they may not impact us at all so you know it's 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 all very interesting really
1: and just sticking finally with the political position uh (laughs) the 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 political news the brexit is just well i say brexit is just six weeks away i think technically brexit happened way back in january what the 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 interim agreement um, comes to an end, so the sort of intervening period where everything stays the same comes to an end on the 31st of December. Mm-hmm. And so from the 1st of January, in the absence of a, an agreement, quite a lot of things will change. Uh, where this fits into the kind of stuff we're looking at is, of course, if you do work abroad uh, and subject to the nature of the work that you do with people, so whether it be suppliers Uh, whether you buy things abroad, whether you sell things abroad, there's going to be quite a bit, bit of change. And I suppose from a marketing perspective, I would just, if you've got your ducks in a row and you know you've got your ducks in a row, and I appreciate that so far as you're able to do in the mm. circumstances i mean i guess i guess most people will be planning on the basis there won't be a deal and therefore that's going to be the position and that's what we have to do and if a deal comes along that just removes some of the headaches that you've already planned for i suppose from a marketing perspective i suppose it's important to make sure that your customers know that all your ducks in a row that you have everything ready so that there will be a in inverted commas, seamless transition, so that yeah. they don't suddenly panic and stop using you for fear that your prices are going to go up tenfold overnight and that um, delivery times are going to quadruple and it's going to just botch the whole process up.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. It a lot of which I know was our topic today in a way, isn't it? Is um a lot of our from our clients' point of view is confidence, isn't it? Confidence in us. All- and, I'm not, and I think said, people are quite forgiving if, if you're honest with them. Lack of information is one of the biggest frustrations of a, a, a customer uh, where, you know, when we've been customers ourselves and you think, nobody got back to me this, that, you know. it's all those things are really, really frustrating and people will forgive you a little bit of, oh, I'm sorry, I uh, didn't, you know, didn't get back to you on that. Or, you know, we're not sure of that, but we will get back to you. People appreciate that lack of information is is a real no-no really
1: Uh, so that actually seamlessly moves us (laughs) on doesn't it?
2: What are we like?
1: And now uh, to the topic for today, which is uh, knowing your nose. Now, this is your particular expertise and field, Elaine. So, I'm going to let you very much take the driving seat, and uh, I shall pretend to ask intelligent questions <laughs> in the hope that it will get your expertise and answers. Um, so, I I suppose let's explain to people what we mean by knowing your nose. What, what is the topic and how are we going to cover it?
2: So so in context, really, as, as you rightly say, this is something I really focus on with my customers and clients because really it's all very well, us, us understanding the problems we solve and the outcomes we provide and, and knowing what our clients need. But there's a big pot of people that are saying no to us, and we don't know why they're saying no. And you know, so if you were to put in a price tag on what that pot looked like, you know, it's going to vary massively from individual to individual, but we should understand why people are saying no to us. And it's not always a negative no either. So uh, we're going to go through the nose and I know, gosh, there's lots of no's going on here, isn't there? Um, oh, but, I know. Uh, I oh, I know. Um, who knows? My dad, Chris, will be having a field day now, seeing <laughs> <laughs> album. But yeah, so they're not all negative notes. It's just it's all part of analyzing your business, and understanding what you know, what's happening where, and for what reason. And when you know the reason, you can obviously do something about it. Um, you know as you move forward.
1: What's the first thing that we need to consider about why somebody might not want to use our service or buy our product?
2: There's a there's a whole host of uh, things really, and and in no particular order because some will be more important to others, but uh, to people than others. But the the first one really is is people will when we buy if I put it into the buy as well first. When we go to buy something, we have it's like um we go along this path in our heads, and uh, whether this is online or whether we're with somebody or whatever that looks like. So so we have points of where we stay on the path and there are points where we'll drop off the path. And, and this is, you know, sometimes we don't, it's, just, it's like a subconscious thing that we, we have. Or it's like a premeditated thing. So for example, you go to buy something and you could be looking online or wherever. And then you think, yeah, that price actually for me doesn't feel like I'm going to get the value. I'm spending that much money. I'm not going to get value from that for what I need. So there's a, no, I'm off here. Um, and, and, and that's okay for if it's a because when we're if we were now looking at it from the seller's point of view, we're not going to be right for everybody. So that's okay. We appreciate that sometimes people will look at what we offer and think, no, that's uh, you know I'm not not getting you know from that to pay that price. The watch out is, of course, is actually maybe we do give more and beyond that covers the the value but we're not doing, we're not putting it over in the right way. So that goes back to, uh, as the seller, are we covering everything? Are we being clear in the language of the buyer? So that the buyer totally understands um, that, yes, my £200 is going to be well spent there because I'm getting this and this. So uh, that that goes into your territory, really. Is is our messaging right? Um, Is that why somebody's saying... No to us because actually we're not being clear on what we do offer. So, uh, so there's there's a whole host within every one. There's a whole host of ifs, buts, and maybes. Uh, but if we're not, if we're doing ourselves a disservice by not telling our, our buyer how much they will get from that and the benefits and the rewards and the outcomes, then we could be losing a sale for that reason. So that's one.
1: Because a lot a lot of the time we do focus on why people say yes. Um, as opposed to why people say no. In fact, most of our previous episodes have probably done just that, haven't they? It's, it's looking at what yeah. people are after, why they're after it, and then focusing in on those kind of needs. Whereas, I suppose nobody wants to look at why they've been rejected, why nobody loves them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's no, obviously I, I a deep seated issue.
2: No, you're right. I I've actually I won't name, her, but she's a fan person. She'd be the first to own up to it. Um, I was once in a a delivering some training and i said you know about knowing your nose and she said i don't want to know i absolutely don't want to know because i i would be so upset (laughs) it was how do you think okay that's um interesting um but um you know it's so true isn't it because it, it it can feel personal and we have to you know we have to be bigger than that don't we and think it's not personal it's just for for me to know so i can do something about it
1: and actually the 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 reasons which we're going to go through uh, in a moment are show quite distinctly that it's not a personal decision necessarily. There's a couple which kind of creep into that territory, I guess, but largely yeah. it's not a personal decision that people are making. It's largely what's in their best interest, what suits their circumstances, how do they feel about it, as opposed to, um, yeah, I'm, I really hate you. Uh, and I'm not going to buy anything from you, which is kind of one of them. But it's an easy; it's probably one of the easiest things to address, I guess. So, I suppose, right? Where where should we start then? I've I've got the first one about costs outweighs benefit. Do you want to explain that one?
2: Yeah, and it's that you know, so it's, it's quite it's quite simple, isn't it? I, I'm looking at, I don't know, say I was looking at some sort of a package, um, and I thought, yeah, I want to. Uh, let's pick something. I don't know. Let's let's say I'm looking for a a new couch to replace this um, moth-eaten
1: one. moth yeah, absolutely. yeah, we'll go with
2: that. <laughs> so I'm I'm going out there online, wherever, looking for this new couch, and I'm. Um, I've got a figure in my mind where I want to spend, obviously, because everybody does. And I might look at something and think, yeah, I really like it, but it's really not worth that much. I can get something better than that for that. So there's, there's a lot of those types of decisions go on. Now, it doesn't matter if the salesperson is saying to me, yes, but it's, you know, got gold handles and blah, blah, blah. This is, if I'm, if I'm looking at it thinking it doesn't matter, I don't want to spend my whatever, you know, thousand pounds on that it's just not going to be right for me so so it's it's really very subjective because it's all about us as the buyer so what is it that we think i wanted to do this for me and is that amount of money going to give me that no it isn't so therefore i've cut off from that
1: and how do you address that kind of a problem is there a way of addressing that kind of a problem i mean the only way i guess is having a good sales ability to particularly highlight the benefits in the hope that they may gradually balance out and possibly outweigh the cost element to it but i mean if you're going in already with the mindset that that's too expensive the one with the the beer holder and the fridge underneath your bum so you don't have to (laughs) and and the toilet that flushes all on so you don't have to move off the couch at any point um but it costs ten thousand pounds, and you you're already got in your head that's too expensive. Is there a way back of of dealing with that, or do you have to accept largely once people have that in their head it's going to be difficult to turn it around
2: no it's a, and it's a great question for that because actually it works the other way around so we' will we'll make we'll we'll keep on with the um couch scenario so i we're now in the world of we can go in a shop. We're not, but we're pretending. So I've gone in, and um, what what a great salesperson will do was is ask me what I'm looking for, and listen to what I'm saying. So, um, you know, so if I'm saying I want it to have this, 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 and this, and um, and sometimes people, you know, quite rightly, they might say, "So what? You know, have you got a budget in mind, or have you seen something you like?" is always a good one. So, so the salesperson then should be looking at which in, in, obviously in our world, when it's our businesses, also us as a salesperson, we should be taking all that in and thinking, well, I've got a really clear idea of what they're looking for and what's on their important list. And I talk about the important list quite a lot. The important list is, is the things that I talk about first, because the things that are more important to me, I'm going to say it first. And so as the salesperson, I should pick up on that straight away. They've said that because it, that's something that's top on their list. And um, and then if this particular, you know, they might say, well, come and look at this one. I think, well, that's a bit over my budget. Now, if it's got everything I need and more, I might go over my budget. Absolutely might, because it, it it's ticked every box that I wanted. And actually... I like it that much that it might go a little bit over. And I so, suppose,
1: sorry. I suppose, if you've asked the right questions as well, you can potentially preempt that. So again, stick with the bloody couch. Um, <laughs> uh, the there might be financial. Uh, uh, plans you know you might be able to get it on a on a credit agreement so you can spread the cost which allows for you to go over the budget without necessarily overextending yourself and if you've asked that question i guess you're already armed with the knowledge of okay i might be able to throw that into the mix to seal the deal on the more expensive one
2: yeah and it is absolutely that the questions are key you know everyone who works with me that's one of the things we work on is what what are your great questions and, you know, quite interestingly, sometimes you think, oh, I don't you know, sort of, ooh, I might ask this. And you think, you know, you, you need to have those questions to hand so they're not ad hoc. And, you you know, obviously we do get, we do have our questions that we ask, but actually sometimes we need to, you know, give them a little bit of a rinse out and try some different ones because maybe they're not working Um, But absolutely, as you say, if we've asked the right questions and we're listening, that's that's the problem because that's one of the big walkaways for people. You think, no, you asked me the questions, but actually you didn't listen to my answers. You've made a whole load of assumptions of things that that I didn't want. I'll give you a good example on that recently. I was buying a new laptop and I was very clear on what I wanted. Uh, And um, so I went, had a peek in when I called one of the local stores just to get an idea of sort of what they look like, blah, blah, Anyway, somebody recommended a guy to me online that uh, that he, I could buy it online with him. So he rang me, asked me loads of questions. And I said, Oh no, I definitely want one that's this size screen, blah, blah, blah. blah. And um, he said, Oh, okay. Um, so he went through a few different options. And then he said, just have a look at this one. He said, the reason I'm saying is because I've got everything you want, uh, have a look at it. Uh, Anyway, this was more than I wanted to spend originally, but actually I absolutely love it because he listened to everything that I wanted it to do and it actually said, just consider it and have a look just based on what you've said. You might find this, it does everything for you. Um, And I bought it. So I was a classic. Yes, I spent more. I actually bought something that I didn't have in my head when I went in, but I still had my important list and it had to do those things.
0: The brain processes nearly 10,000 visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites and social media packages. For more information or a no commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk.
1: So you mentioned the important list. That that brings us on to another one of the criteria that you've got down here. Um so people don't buy if it doesn't tick their important list. So does that just yeah. purely boil down to asking the right questions? Are everybody's important lists different?
2: Absolutely. You know, the the classic things though, if we were using the example of booking a holiday or buying a car, uh, they're they're things that a lot of us do, but actually we're not, we're not buying them for the same reasons. I mean, it's certainly not going to all buy the same thing either. So it's, it's really key to understand what's going on in that person's head. And then when you put it into our type of business, it's, you um, know, service-based business, you should never assume that um, people have got a problem that they haven't got. You need to get, get the right question so you understand the thing that's really troubling them and is creating a problem for them. Not not sort of in your world, you think, oh, it's obvious it's going to be this. Well, it isn't obvious because actually that mightn't be the issue. It's for us to really get to the root of what's what's keeping them awake at night. What is it that is going to make them feel great when they've got it sorted
1: and importantly i presume change dependent upon the product the service and perhaps other extenuating circumstances so you gave holiday as an example there Uh, having been locked away in our homes for the last eight months i suspect a lot of people are desperate to go on holiday i also expect that Another of the criteria that you've got down here, which is that there's too much risk and uncertainty is also a factor in that insofar as what's the point of booking a holiday if I'm not going to be able to go on it at any point.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And our this can change. I mean, particularly at the moment, if it was someone to ask us last year... When booking a, um, a holiday or buying something,
1: face masks. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's an yeah. important list change, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah. What are your necessities? Necessities now are probably not the same as they were a year ago or so, or eight months ago. So, no, absolutely. It, it does change, which is why it goes back to the questions. It's just don't make any assumptions. It's ask the questions and listen to the answers. And uh, I, I won't share it now, but I'll share something like this. That this week so that you know, head in my hands and today i'm like oh god i just feel so much better because that person's helped me and sorted it you know so it's just yeah so important to understand what it is that's important to that person
1: and uh, going back to the risk and uncertainty because this is probably quite a, a relevant one given the pandemics criteria that sorry the pandemic circumstances we find ourselves yeah. in the money at the minute, how do you how do you help a customer address that feeling of, of risk or uncertainty, or again, does it depend upon the product or the service?
2: And I think you know, whichever product or service industry we're in, there are some. It's, again, it's some key questions, so it's part of the buying process or the selling process, whichever way you look at it. We should ask people. So once we've gone through what you know, we've talked about what they. Uh, they're looking for what it is that uh, is important to them, all of those things. We've asked some questions, have got some real understanding. We've been able to give them some solutions, so some options of what that could look like. And then the, the, the next question is, so based on what we've spoken about there and, and we know how important it is to them, is, is there anything st- that would stop you now moving forward that perhaps I've not covered or something else that you want to ask me? So you're asking them, you know, in whichever way you want to word it, you're asking them what it is that might be have, have that doubt still in their mind and asking them to share that. Uh, Because if the the challenge is now more, we're selling more online, aren't we? Uh, You know, and doing a lot of business online as opposed to face to face. So when you're with people, you can read them a lot easier and you can read their body language and you can read their expression. You can read, you can watch, when they get to a point within the conversation that you think, yeah, I've lost them there. Um, and that's our job to pick up on, what is it that I've said that is just not sitting comfortable with them? Is it just how I've worded it? Or is there something, like like you said before, You know, it could be a finance situation that you, you think this would be a good time to mention that because perhaps they're now thinking, yeah, that's just over my budget and I, and I don't want to pay that. But actually, if you're coming in with some solution, um, then that's, again, it's, it's like the tick, tick, tick thing in their mind.
1: I suppose it's knowing your elephants, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, there's yeah, always there's always a situation where there's an elephant in the room and no bugger wants to point it out. And at the end of the day, sometimes that actually might be the difference between making the sale and not. If, if you've preempted that... There is always going to be concern about a particular factor, having an ability to be quite upfront about it and open and honest and have some either suggestions or some solutions that resolve that feeling of dread that might exist because of the elephant in the room. So our sector, quite often the biggest elephant in the room is the cost as against what they might likely get back from it. Because you can't guarantee that people are going to get work or how much work mm. they're going to get from it. Um, so they then is the, the concern of, am I spending money and I'm never going to get this back? So my way of dealing with that is to, to explain the process and how the process works and how it should ultimately benefit from them if it's done properly so that they can understand the logic of how you get from A to D yeah yeah and and by explaining that process and by them understanding how it works, they have. They feel empowered to be able to monitor that process and therefore they feel a bit better in taking that risk because there will always be a risk. And I don't hide the fact that there is an element of risk. Yeah. There are no certainties in a lot of things that I've come across in, in business. Um, but if you explain to the people what the risks are, how to mitigate those risks and how they can help themselves, then quite often people do feel a little bit more inclined to, to take that risk.
2: Yeah, I th- yeah, you think you've spot on there, Mark, the, the way you've you've said that, because the there is that uncertainty, particularly in our line of work, and um, that people might think, mm, you know, I could just be throwing money at this and and get nothing from it. And and that goes back to the questions again is what are, what do they want this particular thing that they're gonna or they're considering investing their money in to do for their business i know is that is that realistic really and and that helps you as you say uh you know cover that then because you know none of it's certain because let's face it someone can work with me and i can give them some great stuff to work on but unless they actually physically do it (laughs) it's not going to make any difference is it so so there is um it, it's no it's that's why there isn't this sort of handbook that has all the right questions in it it depends on our business and it depends on our style as well and you know quite a few factors and what we're comfortable with but this is all part of your of your process i believe
1: um the next thing on my list is that the product or service isn't right for the customer and that's why they might not do it um how do you address this problem how uh, is it a case of you've targeted the wrong people if you're getting that answer
2: yeah there is there is two bits to that absolutely is that you if if you're constantly getting this uh chain of people that are not actually right for you then there's something wrong in your messaging without question then because if they're coming to you and they're coming to you thinking you can help them then clearly something's not right in your message Uh, But if the the other point is, is someone may be recommended to you, they may have come to you on a different route and we're not all going to be right for everybody. So some no's are actually a good no that we can say, you know, I'm not the right person for you, but I can direct you to somebody else. Or actually, sometimes we think, I know this is going to go. This is going to be a much bigger job than they think it is and actually you you know you're going to give best advice and and say that you know actually that package is not going to be right for you um, because it's not going to give you everything you need and you'd need to move up to the next package and that just might not be right for them because it might not be right within their in their budget but it's all about being honest and open and being comfortable because don't forget when the person comes to you somebody approaches you with some with, with the thought in mind that they're going to spend some money with you because they think you're the right person so getting uncomfortable about the money element is understandable but actually it's like walking into we'll go back to the couch you know to one of these stores you are going in there to spend money people are coming to you to spend money it's just our our job is to help navigate how what what's important and what they want to spend and how we can help them uh, in the right way or not as the case may be
1: i think the inclination is to try and just sell people what it is that you do and the fear of perhaps losing out if it turns out that it's not right for them <laughs> sticking with this guy we're gonna we're gonna kill this analogy um but the the couch <laughs> the couch is another good one where it's all right selling somebody a, a couch, but if it won't fit in their living room or they can't oh, get yeah. it through the door, it's a complete waste of money. It, it serves no purpose. Uh, it's that squeezing a round peg into a, squ- a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. If it doesn't work, the only person who's going to get agitated about it is the customer, either because they'll feel that you've wasted their time or that you've misappropriated their money, misled them um yeah. and as a result of which they they've spent money or they've wasted time doing something or getting something that was never going to serve the purpose for which yeah. it intended
2: yeah absolutely it's it's more than ever you know it's it is about being very very transparent and for both parties benefit it's it's absolutely right to do that um and far easier in the
1: long run without doubt uh, some might say if you were trying to squeeze that uh, square peg into a round hole and indeed if if you were selling them a couch that couldn't fit through their front door it would be construed as poor customer service which might also move on to us on to the next point on the list
2: Oh, well, very nicely uh, led into that one. Um, Yeah, this is one of the biggest challenges that people have um, because as the buyer, which we all are obviously in many ways, is we could absolutely choose where we go to. Absolutely, we have control on where we go and where we spend our money. And poor customer service is gonna be one of the first things that we think, no, I'm not staying here. Why do we need to put up with that? uh so gone are the days you know it's a bit like the the banks as they were um it was you know such a, a big palaver to move your bank accounts well not anymore you know so nobody's sort of got this this comfort place where they think oh yeah they won't move because you know it's it's too difficult to just stay with us like all the providers now it's so easy to move from Friday to private. so customer service is huge and um and we should never underestimate that. And as a small business owner, it it sort of comes in many different ways, doesn't it? If I sent an email to somebody, which, you know, the, the where we live in, I could send an email at 10 o'clock at night. Would I expect to reply that night? No. Um, I might, you know, welcome an automated message saying, you know, our office hours are eight and, nine and you know, we'll get back to you tomorrow. That, so that's acceptable. Um, but actually, if nobody got back to me for 48 hours, chances are I'm just thinking, well, I'll try somebody else. Um, particularly if you're going, you're just putting the feelers out and searching for someone to spend your money with. And you haven't got this any allegiance to anybody, you know, and so they don't know you. They just think. well, I'll just try this and I'll just contact them there. And if you don't hear anything, well, you're obviously going to have a conversation for them. With the people you hear from, aren't you? So, so that's um, that's a big, a big miss. And obviously, you know, that's a, an easy miss uh, and very thoughtable miss for people to get that wrong right. And then, of course, the other one is is once you're doing business with people, uh, that they you you um, overpromise and underdeliver. So, you know, I'll get back to you. Oh, and you don't hear anything for a week.
1: <laughs> and uh, things go wrong. People make mistakes, don't they? Nobody's perfect. So it's not the end of the world if you do make a mistake. It's then how you deal with that mistake that can still... These things I tend to find you will get the odd, um, unreasonable person who if you put a single toe out of line, that's Mm. the end of the matter and they'll cause murder. But 99% of people are quite happy for the situation to be retrieved so long as it's done in a certain way so if there's a mistake hold your hands up, apologise just go that extra little bit further just to get it fixed and, and back on track again and then normally people are quite happy about that and it's often when a mistake happens and then there's a delay and then not much is done to get it right and then perhaps something else goes wrong because you didn't do getting it back on track properly yeah. um, and I, I mean I've had a, an experience of that recently with the a courier company he was supposed to have delivered something to me and it made a right dog's dinner of it and then promptly lost the package which was a further dog's dinner but then didn't realize the package was lost so when i had to go down to the their their um, collection place to get it in person i was standing around for two hours while they were trying to find Mm -hmm. a package that they knew they'd lost Um, and so it was sort of a catalogue of things and when you kind of get to that stage your head does explode it doesn't matter how calm and really um, reasonable you are as a human being at some point you will just explode Uh, and as a result of which i would i would never use them ever again literally wouldn't use them again and that's probably an experience that many people can probably relate to
2: yeah absolutely it is it's uh, you know i was in banking for 14 years um many years ago and that was the absolute thing with customer you know that saying the customer was king and it was very much about the customer service and you were, uh, you know you, the, you made sure that you went above and beyond and you know what it's stuck with me you know since then and it is absolutely people accept mistakes are made but it's how you deal with the mistakes that are made
1: well ultimately you need to persuade them that you have their best interests at heart which brings (laughs) us nicely on to the next point
2: (laughs) oh you're so good at this mr Pallard. yeah it is it it, this goes back to the sales bit doesn't it when uh we'll go for a car this time let's move out of the couch and move on for a car and we're, we're buying this new car and uh you know we could be we've got something in mind clearly because we wouldn't just go and think I'm going to buy a car. You've obviously got something that you think I'd like it to have this, I'd like to be this. Uh, It goes back to your important list. What is it that you're looking for? Um, And then to feel like, well, um, and this, this actually brings another point in as well is if somebody says to us, Oh, what have you got now? And uh, you say, I don't know, whatever. and And they go, Oh, you know, and it's, basically what that does it's a you're insulting that person's choice
1: oh don't get me started on car sales people who do that <laughs> uh, oh i've got a story there
2: well and it's one of the worst things you can do i don't know why people think it's actually uh, gonna help at all i really don't get that so so not no, no, only you've insulted the choice i've, I've already made um you're now going to try potentially to sell me something that wasn't what i came in for but you you believe it's going to be right for me so you know it can go horribly wrong i'm, I'm a calling car salesman but obviously oh gosh we're just using an example there um, but yeah so go on you need to share your example there. oh
1: i've got a couple with the cars uh, the first time i ever went to buy a car I was 25 because i lived in the city center so i didn't really have a huge need for a car because i, I largely could get around by walking Um, and eventually when I did decide to do it I went into uh, Mini and asked if I could take the Cooper S for a a test drive to see whether or not I liked it Um, my biggest concern was whether or not it was the right kind of car for me whether it it, I'd feel Mm. comfortable in it Um, and the, the person selling it said no and I said oh why he said well unless you're gonna unless you're gonna buy it There's no point in taking it out for a a test drive. Uh, Do you know when you're going to buy it? I said, well, I don't know. At the moment, I'm probably in the next two, maybe three months. But certainly within that period, um, it just depends on how soon I find something that I really like. And he was like, well, come back when it's closer to when you're going to buy it. So that was my first experience of of car salespeople suffice to say I sent a snotty email to the manager and point blank will refuse to go anywhere near mini ever again um because just because of that that wally oh, uh, so yeah that that's not having our best interests at heart um if you don't feel that they do if you don't feel that you're they're on your side then you're not gonna part with your cash eye because you? you're not gonna trust them uh, no
2: absolutely the trust thing's massive isn't it it's and it it just depend on what um what it is doesn't it i mean in your case there you you absolutely have got choices if if we're going out to buy a washing machine because it's not you know the one we've got's broken we're probably going to be a little less um well as bothered if, not, if that's the right word enthusiastic you know, yeah we're we'll probably just thinking you know what i need this let's just get the, jo- the job done i need it it was the person great and helpful and understanding? Yeah, brilliant. If they weren't, am going to lose sleep over it? Probably not. I got my washing machine and I needed it. But when it's something that it goes back to, you know, what does this mean to you? Because we buy with emotion, particularly when it's things that are not necessities we're not going to you know do our food shopping with emotion apart from i suppose that you know they're being hangry maybe um but you know it's that sort of other things i've definitely bought with emotion and uh so if we if when if that's ignored it's at their peril really
0: With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn.
1: Which goes back to the type of buyer we are. Now, we, we quickly established when we first met that I was one of the impulsive people uh, when it comes to buying I don't have many vices I don't particularly buy I don't drink heavily I don't go out huge amounts I don't smoke so um, but when I do come across something that I want or really captures my imagination and it could be something that I've fancied for a while um, or it could just be something I've stumbled across entirely in the moment uh, then the overwhelming urge is to just buy it uh, which is what we established when when, when, when we first met, we and did. that nicely takes us on to our final uh, point, which is about um, understanding the different types of buyers that you're dealing with and how to respond to those people. So whether you respond to the idiots like me or the people who uh, are more sensible <laughs> and ponderous,
2: yeah. And I mean, again, this it's not definitive, this really, but it gives you, I think sort of helps you when you're in the um, selling experience anyway and the buyer is there are absolutely different types of buyers and if we were just to divide it into two there is the as you say the impulsive buyer or the person who has made their mind up um, before they've even walked through the door uh, what they want they've looked they've done their research they know it they know what they want and they're ready to buy so it's sort of impulsive slash prepared and ready to buy person and um, so if we if we sort of dance around as a seller if we sort of then go into or oh, do you want to think about it longer are you sure this is right for you and we're putting these ob- it, or more or less but we're putting objections in in the way then that person's going to be get get very frustrated because think well I came in here uh, knowing what I wanted ready to buy and um, or or they could be given a 20 ton of information that you think do you know I don't really need to know that because I've done it all online and it goes back again to asking the questions doesn't it so you're in here today to so buy blah 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 you know what what is it you, you you're looking for what do you love about it and actually if you're standing there and you're like yeah I've looked at this I know this I know that I know the other and I know all of that why on earth would I then start to tell you it all again uh, unless there was obviously some points that I think so you'll you'll know it does this this and this because I as, as the seller i want you to know that to cover myself um why would you why would you do that so the flip side to that is if you're trying to then uh to someone who likes to reflect um you know they may ask you a lot of questions um and they they may absolutely want to go away and think about that and if we try to push them into a decision there and then that's a big mistake because that person does not want to be pushed they respect the fact that you've said um listen i've given you lots of information there why don't you have a think about it i'll call you tomorrow um how does you know one o'clock suit you and we can catch up then because uh, potentially you may have some more questions for me when you've had to think about it and discussed it with your partner or whatever. Uh, so so what that's the best way of dealing with that person not trying to not sort of thinking oh I'll just you know nudge them over the line now because what you'll do is you'll push them away potentially they just don't want that
1: so. I, I think my dad's a perfect example of that kind of a person we, we are mm. chalk and cheese when it comes to something like this uh, he if, if for example he was going to buy a camera he'd probably spend six months uh, investigating every camera that's possibly on sale all the little functions of it even though he never be able to figure out how to make those functions work sorry dad it's true and you know it um but he he the amount of research he will do for those things is 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 astronomical in comparison to what i might do he'll then ask a lot of questions he'll go away and think about it but actually if you answer his questions and if he gets the answers he needs to hear and 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 feels yeah. it's the right thing he will then buy it from you um so it might take slightly longer but you will definitely get that sale. Whereas I'm, and I I know a sort of joke about being impulsive, but I'm also not soft as well. I I usually go in with a bit of a battle plan. I I usually Mm -hmm. have done a little bit of research, but I'll largely play it by ear. So when I go in, I'll ask questions and if the answers aren't what I'm hoping to hear, it'll put me off and I'll draw back and and I'll make a decision there and then. No, it's not right or I'm not happy with it. But again, if I'm getting the right information when I'm being quite impulsive, I will get closer and closer to that finish line. I'll just yeah. probably do it a bit quicker than my dad would. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dear. So, again, it, it just, it's just, we're all different, aren't we? And it, it, it's, I mean, how many times have, um, have it happened to you and uh, we've hear people say, oh, you know, I spoke to that person six months ago and, you know, they've just come back to me and they're ready now, which is can absolutely be the case you know, particularly in our type of business um you know things people we speak to people things can happen they go away and then you know things align and they think yeah i'm ready to move on that now but because we've, we've dealt with it in the right way in the first place the right way for that person then um, you know they've come back
1: so what kind of buyer are you then elaine
2: that's a good question really i am um, yeah, I sort of sit in the middle, really. There's certain things I like to reflect on, and I will always reflect if I feel like I'm being pushed. Um you, There's no way you push me into something that I don't want to do. So that that is probably a little bit of my <laughs> the stubborn, you no, know, I'll make my mind up when I want to buy this type of thing. But I can be um a bit impulsive as well. Like you think, oh, yeah, well, let's just do it. I really, you know, I, I do. I love that to to be able to do that. Sometimes that you just think, yeah, let's just do it and let's not worry about that. Um, so a bit of both, really. So I'm probably not really the best example. I'll sit somewhere in the middle. Depends on what it is. I, I do know, like a research, though. I do like to research, particularly if it's a you know a big investment. I do like to to get my knowledge there.
1: I, well... So how do you respond then when uh, you go into a clothes shop and somebody comes over to you and asks if you want any help? And what then happens if you say no and then that person kind of hovers in the background and sort of follows you around? (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah, no, I'm a bit of a, no, I'm okay, thank you. If I need any help, I'll come, come and find you
1: but what happens if they hover around you afterwards because that's a problem that i have because going back to the impulsive thing i might go into a shop knowing i want to buy something and that shop probably will have it but i will quite literally walk back out that shop if someone comes over says can i help you and you go no i'm all right thanks but then they follow you around and hover you and then keep asking you whether or not you want any help because the first answer was no i more right i'll let you know if that wasn't sufficient for you to go away and leave me to my business while i do whatever it is i need to do then <laughs> yeah. you're clearly not the right shop for me
2: yeah no i'd probably lean towards that really you just think yeah i'm just not really wanting to be um bothered um no i don't and i think there's Let's face it. Now, there's probably less staff in shops these days, isn't there? So God, I don't think there's the luxury of them hounding you now, sadly. Um, But yeah, I I don't like to be bothered. I just like to get on. And uh, I'm not a browser. Anyway, if I go into a shop, I'm going because I want to buy something. Not just have a little nosy around.
1: Oh, I've never got my head around the whole going shopping, but without any real plan of what you're oh. going to buy and you're mooching around the shops, etc., <laughs> no. etc. No, no, I've got. I know we. I need a top. I need a pair of pants. I need shoes. I do get in and get out as quickly as humanly possible with as <laughs> as little contact <laughs> as possible?
2: See ya. Well, I think yeah, I think you're probably a little bit more like that than me, but. <laughs> No surprises there.
1: No, perhaps not. So has that covered all of our uh, knowing your nose?
2: I think it has, hasn't it? Like... No, I think that's, that's pretty much it. There's probably other bits, but we've not covered. But I think we've been pretty, pretty uh, comprehensive.
1: Hopefully people will have seen from the list that we've just been through that when we said at the outset, people shouldn't take it personally. This is something that's worth looking at because as people will have seen from the things we've touched on, it there isn't anything personal particularly about it. There's small elements which will be, I just don't like that person and therefore I don't want to have to deal with them. But mm. the large majority of the factors are things that are within your control and largely are, are addressed, as you say, by asking poignant questions.
2: Yeah. And it is, and, and you know, there's the other aspect of it is you know what as as a small business owner would you contact somebody who then went to, they'd been to you but then they ended up not coming back to you or they ended up taking their business elsewhere would you would you feel comfortable asking them is there anything we could have done differently and um
1: well i, I think, think i'd probably make someone else make that phone call but it'd be useful <laughs> to know <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know. but then as I always say to people if you want to um if you ask the question you've got to be prepared for the answer there's no point in uh I saw something recently which completely shocked me was somebody uh on LinkedIn disagreed with the person's post and it was like they were so bad with their answer because the, you know the person dared to say I don't see it that way and you think you know you just can't be like that people are entitled to their opinion and because it's not the same as yours uh yeah you, you yeah don't put stuff out there if you don't want to you know don't want a conversation
1: really <laughs> well hopefully that's been of use to you all uh, if you've got any questions if there's anything you particularly would like to know um perhaps elaine can help specifically then drop us an email to go fish at the podstation.co.uk or alternatively how can they get hold of you elaine
2: you can get hold of me um either via my website uh which is www.tosummitup.com that's two m's in the middle to sum it up and uh also email elaine at to i'm i'm on other platforms as well um linkedin you'll find me as elaine atherton Uh, always on there um so yes you can find me
1: fab as we said at the outset make sure you give us a follow on social media give us five star review that'd be fantastic um, hopefully you've enjoyed the show, guys. Um, it's been a shame that Chris hasn't been here to join us, but he <laughs> should be with us next time when we're going to be doing something a bit more festive.
2: Yes, we are. It's we're talking Christmas, aren't we? We're leading to Christmas and um, New Year. You know that they, they go hand in hand, as we say. The, the whole Christmas thing is no longer than a week, really, if you if you count it from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve. So, uh, and then we're you know right on it in January. So. We haven't got the luxury of um, waiting until January when we're running our own business. We need to get that whole eight-week plan sorted.
1: I mean, actually, from a a marketing perspective, you need to be starting your Christmas preparations back in August, September, really. So Mm. this, this episode is more because nobody really likes listening to Christmas stuff before Christmas. But hopefully, if you listen to this episode you might be able to get some last minute things in place to capitalize and worst case scenario it might help you be better prepared for next year so um stay tuned for that that'll be coming in the next week uh, elaine thank you very much for your wonderful insight into this particular area of expertise
0: i thoroughly enjoyed it thank you
1: and we'll catch you all next time, guys, see you later.
0: See Get social at go underscore Fish Marketing on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.